We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Tim Hardaway, oh, Robinson with a steal, using the ball handle, drives, passes, Mitchell Robinson with a thunder dunk. Stalin and profiling with the ferocious. Hey there, Knicks fans. He's back. The big guy is back. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for an emergency live stream for something that is really not an emergency. I think we all figured it was coming. It had been reported that it was coming. We hemmed and hauled a little bit last night about why it wasn't announced. Um, we'll get into why we were maybe unsure uh, and and why, you know, ultimately, I think this got done. Uh, first and foremost, Jeremy Cohen, did, how much sleep did you get last night? Uh, four hours, four and a half hours. I was up because I, a thought popped into my head about, you know, it's something just didn't seem right with the cap. And I then got onto a, a train of thought and then saved it as drafts. And then, uh, it was in the car this morning, rifled it off there. And here we are. And here we are. Yeah. Uh, what about second, you, John? Uh, I'm, I'm better than I was an hour ago, which is where I, when I laid down to take a, a nap after I was up very early because <laughs> shout out to my youngest. Um, Second question, then we'll get into the nuts and bolts of this. Uh, so we should say, for anyone who doesn't know the news, Mitchell Robinson, back. He's back. Four-year, $60 million contract. Um, and the Knicks retain a player that could have walked to any of 29 other teams in free agency if he wanted to. Uh, I mean, we had rumors of Kyrie going play for $6 million. So I guess, you know, given all the, even the small mid-levels that were available, a um, bunch of teams had their full non-taxpayer mid-level of just above $10 million. I, you know, I think there were times this summer where we wondered, Hey, would it be crazy if Mitch took that money to go elsewhere? He could have, he could have walked to any, anywhere else he wanted. The Knicks bet along the way. I think that that would not happen. They bet correctly. I will give them some flowers in a second. Um, we'll talk about the number in a second, but most important question I'm going to start to ask you is the Charlie Ward curse over? I don't think it is. I think it should just be for first, first round, round picks. Yeah. And hopefully RJ breaks that within the next uh, six months. Not even. I, was, I thought you were going to say like six hours. <laughs> well, that would be even nicer. Six minutes, six <laughs> seconds. It'd be great. Um, yeah. that would, I think that would be perfect. Oh, there you go. RJ, no, I'm kidding. It's, it didn't happen. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I'm still... I'm a little surprised in that I would have thought his market wasn't the way it was. Clearly the Knicks and Mitch agreed to an amount and it, it works out that way. Um, obviously a couple things that's still unclear, right? This doesn't give us a lot of insight, whether the Knicks are above the cap or below the cap, the Knicks can use Mitch's low cap hold to then exceed the salary cap, whether they are above the cap or below the cap. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, Obviously, 
questions that we're curious about. Is it fully guaranteed? It, What's the I, biggest one of the questions for you? Uh, is it fully guaranteed? That's, for the that's, fourth year. So if yeah. it's if this is if this is a team option on the final year, or if there's something like a one million dollar guarantee on the final year, I, I don't know if it makes it a much better deal. But I personally would probably feel much better. Like the, whether the year in terms of declining, inc- increasing incentives, not incentives. That's a little bit more semantics. Not that it doesn't matter. It does matter. But to me, it's is Mitch. Does Mitch know he has? four years in the bank or does he know he has three years in the bank here? Yeah, I'd say that's primary. Uh, that's the first one. The second one is then, is it ascending or descending? So uh, for context, the uh, Mitch is eligible for 8% raises. Is it If it's descending, then he could be making a little over $17 million next year. And then it goes 17 uh, to 15.7, 14.3, and then year four would be 12.9. So... Again, I would still guess it is descending. You also, um, CC and Flushing reminded me of this, uh, which is great. You need to have cap space to include unlikely bonuses. So if the unlikely bonuses take you over the cap, you can't include it in the contract. And since the Knicks are ex- uh, would be exceeding the salary cap either way, because they're not going to pay Mitch using cap space, yep. there will not be unlikely bonuses in the deal. So that was a good call by him. Them. There would not be unlikely bonuses in the deal. Because, yes. Okay. Um, good. Good reading of the the CBA there. Um, so we're thinking that any incentives are would have to be have to be likely, right? Yes. Which would be probably games played based on his history. It could be like what how Randall's contract is structured: games played and then team performance, or um, could also be individual performance if he's. All you know, and be all defense of some capacity. For so sure. you know, it, it could be structured in that sense, but his cap hit would still be reflected on that, which is then why I still think it will be a descending contract. Um, shout out people already in. The, I mean, God, we have uh, almost five hundred people watching. We have a bunch of people in the chat. We already got some super chats coming in, starting with Michael Aaron. Why do you guys look so so tired? It's not like you had a six hour live stream last <laughs> night. Oh, here we go. Look, Andrew's behind the scenes doing his thing. Um, and uh, forgotten NYC. I'm with Benji. I think it's a massive overpay. Let's start there. Um, I went through them. I mean, we we talked about them as they were coming in last night. I went through them in the newsletter today. I'll just read them really, really quick. In terms of these are the big man contracts. That got signed yesterday, and and these are not necessarily strictly centers, but these are guys who at least spend some of their time, um, manning manning the the middle, uh, as it were. Hold on, I got it right here. Okay, so we had these are all between ten million annually and twelve point five million dollar annually. Um, Chris Boucher, Mobamba, um, I think Boucher was a little bit over eleven. Bob. Uh, Bamba was over, was just over 10. Claxton, 10 even for two years. Bobby Portis was 12 and a half. I'll get back to that one in a second. And Marvin Bagley was a little under 12 and a half. I think Bagley goes into a separate category because there's like, you're really weighing a lot of like potential versus performance there. To me, like, okay, so Claxton and uh, I guess there's, here's the thing. If you're looking, if you're saying, if you want to say this is a justifiable payday, this is how I'm taking it. I'm curious what you, what you, think if you want to say 15 million dollars is justifiable you could look at what these guys got and say mobamba has never impacted winning anywhere close free even with the threes that he hits anywhere close to the level that mitchell robinson has nick claxton much smaller sample size hasn't proven it on you know in a situation where he's not playing with like on a really awesome team chris boucher again could hit could hit three every now and then although he didn't this year um not anywhere near the defensive presence that Mitchell Robinson, like none of these guys are perfect comps with the exception of maybe Portis, who's a very different type of player, but Bobby Portis proved he can impact winning on a championship level playing 20 something minutes a game. And you could easily argue that his number of 12 and a half per year was an, uh, an under market value, uh, under market contract because it was the most that he could sign for with the bucks because of the virtue of their, where he was with them in their cap originally. We don't have to get into it. Um, and he got a player option, I, I think on, or maybe it wasn't a player option on last year, but in any case, it was a four, it was a full four year deal, which is let's say Mitch, Mitch is getting that. 
And then you could turn around and look at the Big Bob contract, Time Lord, Robert Williams, from last summer, the extension that he got at 12 and a half a year, roughly, right? 12 and a half, 12.75, something like that. Yeah. yeah, it, it was yeah, 51, yeah. it was 451, 452. And say he signed that contract when he was again more theoretical than actual because he had just never put together a healthy season on the floor. This season, he obviously was very good, helped lead the Celtics to the finals. If Robert Williams was extension was extension eligible this summer, you could argue he would have gotten closer to four for 80. So if you put all that together, we could look at this and say four for 60. Okay. It's fair, right? And yet there's another side of it I think makes some people a little bit more uncomfortable. So that that's uh, what are your thoughts on it, all that? Well, the argument against it is just because it's market value that doesn't mean you have to pay it at all. Like if you if for example, if you especially on the offensive side, if you view Mitch as someone who is integral in the sense that you need a lot of other guys to get him the ball and and once he gets it he can create, but he's really just the, a play finisher, then I understand it. But you know the offensive rebounding, he adds value. It's just a matter of can you find players for less value or that that will be less on the open market and work that way. So it's I do think it's a lot, but I'm still waiting to see the contract structure, the guaranteed amount, all that. I have seen a few people say, well, Mitch didn't make a lot of money with his first deal, so this is the Knicks um, overpaying as a thank you. No. This isn't baseball where there's no salary cap <laughs> and you can get away with it a little bit more. Uh, this is essentially like this is a different front office. They did not draft Mitchell Robinson. So they're not thinking, hey, because the last front office did this, we're going to up the pay as a thank you. I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's more just Mitch got paid and uh, that's that. Um, yes. Uh, I- I think that's well said. Again, it's not, man. If all four years are fully guaranteed, it's it's a li- So then, I, I I just presented the optimists' argument. I'll present the the downside. Let me get to um, a couple more super chats first. So this comes from um, Mild Cowboy Mo, longtime KFS. Bit of an overpay. I think that's what most people are going to feel about this. Bit of an overpay. To fair, but definitely love Mitchell Robinson resigning. This will be a breakout year for him, and he'll definitely lead us to the top three defense and all defense. I we'll see if it's a breakout year for him. I think last year, in some ways, it wasn't a. That's the problem. Last year wasn't a breakout year for him because it was still a little bit too much inconsistency for my book. There were still a few too many times where I got on here after games and I was talking about. You know, Mitchell Robinson wasn't the best Knicks center tonight, or I'm not sure really how much Mitchell Robinson impacted winning tonight. Might be a little bit by virtue of the position he plays, how he's used, et cetera, et cetera. Um, They need him for their defense to be where they want it to be. I'll I'll say that. I don't know if he's he's ever going to be an all-defense guy, but they need him to have this sort of defense that they want to have. Um. Yeah. Uh, and then Jeremy E, since he and Julius hate each other, <laughs> I don't know if they hate each other. I just I don't think they were talking for parts of last year. Um, can we take this as a positive sign of things to come, i.e., moving Randall? I don't know. We'll, Maybe. We'll see. Another prevailing thought. And again, I, I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth because I know on one hand, we were talking about the Knicks getting Brunson. And then the fact that if you're trading for a star, especially someone like Donovan Mitchell, then Ideally, Brunson's the player that you're moving out. And we don't want to think about that because we just re-signed him. And now what I'm going to say is, well, is does Mitchell Robinson have more trade value now that he's under contract, especially if it's a descending deal, than he did earlier or this past season when he was an unrestricted free agent with no matching rights available and teams would basically run the risk of losing him entirely. I don't know. I really don't know. But I, I understand, like, if they did three years, I'm sorry, if they did four years uh, and three years were guaranteed and it was a descending contract at 8%, then I think Mitch would walk away with at most three years and 47, at least three years and $47 million. It's pretty good. I think the him. trade the trade value game with centers is dicey. Uh, Andrew, is. I can't see you, but I hope you have a drink in front of you. Um, <laughs> you know, Zach and, and Kevin Pelton were talking on uh, his pod after last night. About how they were talking about Capella and Atlanta and their situation and how they assigned him to an extension that I think paid him 
two more years at, at like 22 a pop. Yeah. And they did that betting that that would make him a better trade candidate. And it's probably made him, if anything, a little bit of a worse trade candidate or as that's like a net neutral deal at best. I don't think this is why they're, they're giving Mitch this it's, money. It's not why, but there's yeah. a difference between giving Capella, you know, two years and $45 million and giving Mitchell Robinson four years and 60 million, especially if that number de- descends over the years. Yes. Then you're talking about a very different value proposition. I agree. So that's, um, and uh, Andrew has uh, want us to make this very clear. It was announced, I believe it by Shams, that the Dallas Mavericks have brought back Theo Pinson. Yes. Congratulations to Theo. I still miss you. Um, look, here's the downside. And I think it was verbalized well by Benji last night. And I'll just steal his, and then we'll get to the next super chat. I'll just steal his, his point that he made. Um, cause I made a similar one in the past. So I don't, I don't feel too bad about stealing it. Um, I, I, I want to be, I want to be very clear in that I, you know, I, I don't want to disparage Mitch. Mitch by all indications seems like a really just, he's a good kid. And I use that word intentionally. I just, I'm a little bit trepidatious about giving a, 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 a kid. He's a kid um, who has never had any, like, he, I mean, he's, he's never had any kind of money. Um, and I don't really know that he's really felt what it's like to be like a quote unquote millionaire over the last few years. Yes. Technically was he a millionaire after he signed his first deal? Yeah. He wasn't, it, it the amount of money that he actually saw and that was being given to him and, and this and that, it, you never know. You never know how someone who's never had any money is going to respond to a huge payday. Um, I, I, I'm not terribly worried about it, but to me, when you're talking about someone who needs to continue to improve his game and continues to just kind of take his approach seriously and professionally and the whole thing, Again, not a massive worry, but that's the to me that's the biggest downside risk as opposed to like the Knicks shouldn't be investing in this archetype of a center because I think we've seen in the NBA like you could have a guy like this who could play 25 minutes a game and take you very far if you put a certain type of team around him. Yes, and I also think that there's a very distinct difference between using cap space to to give a center big money and going over the cap to give a center big money. If you don't anticipate needing significant cap space in the next few years, then it's fine because it's a small like the difference between your payroll and like yeah. the percentage of Mitch's contract with the payroll versus the percentage of the salary cap is very different. Percentage of Mitch to the salary cap is going to be a higher percentage than the percentage of Mitch to the payroll. So you can be more flexible in that sense if you're operating over the cap moving forward, which I expect the Knicks to do this year. Again, jury's still up, but I think they're still above the cap. So I, I will sleep better at night tonight, not just because of how little sleep last night was, but also because of the fact that it's just a different cap situation that I'm a little bit more comfortable with than if the Knicks were using cap space to pay a center a large amount of money moving forward. Yeah, that's well said. And at, look, at the end of the day, I do think that this is different than last summer when we sat here and we attempted as best we could to justify the Noel deal and to... Well, really, it was the Noel deal. That was the big one. I think that's the real big counterpoint. And I understand this is more years and more dollars than, than Noel got. twice, well, Three times as many dollars guaranteed in twice as many years. Um, I would be very surprised if at some point we were sitting here having the conversation of, oh boy, it would be nice for the Knicks to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Damn, they have, they're stuck with that Mitch contract. I'd be surprised if we were ever having that particular conversation. Let's just put it that way. And on that note, I know you got to go. Uh, final thoughts on Mitch? Um, I guess just say for 10 more minutes. Oh, okay, great. I, oh, sorry, I didn't see that. No, no, all good. So let's let's keep going with some of the super chats. Um, next up, Andrew, is Justino Ventura. He has huevos. I hope I pronounced that well enough. He gets hurt, but goes back in. Can't question his heart and love of the Knicks. I, that's a, you know what? That's a good point. That's a good point. And now I'm going to say the thing nobody cares about and nobody wants to hear. <laughs> the head coach is a fan of this player. And not just like what Mitchell Robinson could do, 
I think he is a fan of what Mitchell Robinson actually does on the court. I think he buys that Mitch has a little bit more upside. I think he probably appreciates the toughness. I think he probably appreciates the fact that Mitch makes life like you have to game plan for him. That's ultimately, if you want to know why they gave him all this money, here's why opposing offenses have to game plan for Mitchell Robinson. They cannot do willy nilly, whatever they want on offense because he is there and he is capable of really when he's on, he's capable of fucking your shit up. Um, Yeah. And he's tough. And look for uh, Tibbs didn't want to get rid of him at the deadline. Um, I think in retrospect, it was probably a good move because I, I don't think the market was there for, for something good and they got him back. So yeah. Yeah. He almost dies every game and then comes <laughs> back pretty much every game. So it's good. It's worth it. It is Uh bad eyesight. What's going on, man? Is it an overpay? Yes. But he was, but he outperformed his first deal almost immediately. I will say expectations changed with dollars. Can he get an eight foot push shot and be a 70% free throw shooter? That is my hope. Um, if we're running down the list of things I want to see Mitch change moving forward, just far and away. And if, and if this was the only thing that ever changed, oh my God, would I be, would this be a contract I would be in love with? I just, can we stop with the games where he plays 20, 25 minutes and you feel like he just didn't make any kind of an impact? If we could just get rid of those games and there were, I'm not saying there were a ton of those this year, but if we could just get rid of those games, um, I'd be, I like, it shouldn't have been like once every three games where we were looking around and be like, hmm, did Jericho Sims? 58th pick in the draft, outplay Mitch tonight. And we were sitting here and having those conversations. You know, um, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I don't think, a, what is it? A leopard can't change his spots. A zebra can't change its stripes. <laughs> I don't think Mitch is going to see drastic improvements from the line, but we'll see. I think he's very much the player he's been. And um, hopefully he makes improvements in the areas that are most necessary, especially setting screens. That'd be very nice. Be good. Yeah. So yeah. Just keep improving. Just I don't want to see him taking shots on the perimeter. I he's not huh. even going to do it in the offense. Literally just He doesn't need to. He doesn't. Just be a better version of the version you are right now. Yeah. He take your strengths yeah. and make them even more impressive. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I agree with that. CT Pittman, what's going on, CT? Mitch has been underpaid for years. Even Noel made more money than Mitch. Yes, that is true. Uh, he's getting what he's owed. I don't have a problem with it at all. I mean, look, if that is a way for you, for anybody out there, and shout out to CP, CT, he's always awesome, to, to kind of feel better about this, that's fine. And like, I I wonder if there, if, if there is a, because ultimately you need to sign a, con- a player to a contract that he is willing to sign. <laughs> that sounds so stupid, but the player has to be willing to put pen to paper, right? I, who knows what Mitchell Robinson's motivations are in terms of what he wanted to see as the final number, but maybe on his end, there was a part of this like, man, I haven't made any money. I, I want to I wanna feel like I'm valued after what I've given and how little I've gotten paid. And to c- just connect one final dot, I don't think it's an overstatement to say like there were a lot of times over the last four years where Mitchell Robinson was the most important player on the Knicks for a lot of fans when there was not a whole lot else going on um, that you could just feel good about and root for. Um, So, you know, maybe there's a little bit of that in there too. Maybe it's still higher than I would have liked. Um, But I'll say this though. I want to give a shout out to Jake Fisher because last year he had a ton of signings that were on the nose. Fournier, Burks, Noel, and this year, he said four years, sixty million dollars for Mitch, and then right. Begley talked about it, and um, that proved to be true. So, um, yeah. James Lee, say we say say we trade more players, uh, which will be filled by which will be filled by Mitch's contract. However, can this be exercised after utilizing the cap space created by the trades? Uh, maybe an overpay, but he was underpaid for four years. Um, I'm I'm a little confused by what I can you're... take this one. Okay, yeah, go for so, it. So yeah, basically, Mitch is one of the the last moves you make. It has to be the last move, right? Right, because if you if you like if you did it first and the Knicks were a cap space team, he would take up cap space. But if they're uh, operating above the cap, it's not as important. So 
for this, like, yeah, one of the thought, prevailing thoughts could be we're going to overpay Mitch a little bit because then we don't run the risk of him going to another team and we have some other things that are in the works and he's gone. So by maybe paying him more, it was you're staying here, handshake agreement, don't look at any other suitors, let us do our thing, we'll go. Because if you're Mitchell Robinson, you could say, well, I mean, what happens if if my market dries up and then you try to screw me over? Yes. Yep. That's probably what he wanted to avoid. And that I would understand why that was the case. So for this, it's basically like if the Knicks do go below the cap, you hold off on signing Mitch until later. If the Knicks are above the cap, it's probably not as important because it's just order yes, of events. If you stay above the cap, then it doesn't matter. So um, yeah, the trading players and whatnot doesn't necessarily matter, but it could. Um Interesting tweet from from Keith Smith. Uh, not a Mitch related thing, but I'll get this on before you get out of here. The Celtics are engaged with players and teams to use both the mid level exception and the t- oh, and the taxpayer mid level exception. I'm sorry, I thought he was referring to. Oh no, is he referring to the? Yeah, no, he's referring to the traded player exception. That's TPE. They have that's a few I, of them. Th- that's what I. That's what yeah. I thought he was talking about. The TPE may take a while because the trade market is stalled while everyone waits on a KD deal. Um, no one wants to give a player and find out they traded salary matching in a KD trade. That doesn't apply to the Knicks, but their traded player exception was linked to Alec Burks once upon a time. And then yesterday you talked about the possibility of bringing um, Derek Rose into that, correct? Yeah. I mean, um, I don't so think I, that's for, to be clear. I do not think Derek Rose is going anywhere at this point. Probably potentially not. Here, um, so here's the thing I, I tweeted about this morning. But I had a thread of how it is possible because of the fact it was rumored that the the Kemba Walker deal would be its own thing, and then Noel and Burks would be another thing, and you'd get two traded player exceptions. But yeah. then that doesn't help you with Brunson. But because they haven't announced the trades, it leads me to believe that it will be one trade because oh. we knew that the Knicks, we knew that there were there was interest in Alec Burks for a lot of teams. We knew that other teams had interest in Noel, especially the Clippers, yes. and the Celtics were one of the teams that was interested in Burks, the TPE. Yeah. So my prevailing thought was that the Knicks, what they what they decided to do a couple days ahead of time was they wanted they were comfortable taking a loss on the value they would have gotten from Burks, which would have been better than than what they got. And Noel would have actually generated them something. Because again, if the Clippers valued him in such a way, oh, they wouldn't have been expecting saying. it. So so it, this prevailing thought of like Noel's contract was so bad, the Knicks needed to attach Alec Burks to make it feel better. I don't think that's the case. In fact, what I think is the case is the Knicks bundled them together. They're going to throw Kemba in that too, create a traded player exception that's just large enough to squeeze in Jalen Brunson's Brunson. contract. And then they can do a, a sign and trade with the Mavs. And if they do that, Fournier can't go to Dallas, but two players can, either Cam or Rose. And my guess is it wouldn't be Rose because if you're the Mavs, you can just sign Goran Dragic and you're not maybe going to get better production, but you're going to save a lot of money in luxury taxes because it's a very big difference. And so maybe if you're Dallas, do you consider Cam and Dragic over Rose by himself. And then there's the prevailing thought. I've been saying prevailing a lot. It's a sleep deprivation. Then there's the thought of if the Knicks are trying to work something out because they could still just sign Brunson using cap space if they really wanted to and just shave off a few million and you could still do Brunson, Hartenstein on the same contract and Sims for the minimum. So maybe what the Knicks are trying to do is instead of doing a Brunson for Cam you know, sort of trade, it's we'll take Brunson and then we'll give you a TPE and then we'll trade you Cam into that TPE for something of value. And if you're the Knicks, the something of value that you're going to want is something around what you got for Cam in the first place. So maybe the Knicks are trying to unlock the 2023 pick and then get a, 20, a protected 2025 pick from the Mavs and basically say, this is your way of getting a young talent around Luka. You yeah. can believe in him. He, oh, he's basically like on the surface, Cam is very much an ideal pairing with Luka. Whether he grows into that player, not entirely sure, but they have no other good talent under the age of 25, not named Luka Doncic. So um, that's just my theory with how they might operate. But that's with Burks and Rose and the TPE and that, yeah. Smith. That's kind of what brought me to that thought. All right. I'm happy you got you, you stayed on for that. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, one more Super Chat before you have to one go. One more and okay. I'll, I'll head out. Kevin Wilson, what's going on, Kevin? Having the Knicks sent people to work with him over the offseason, maybe they're working on ways for him to improve his offense. Um, 
yeah, I, I'm not. Um, <laughs> maybe uh, have it, has it been reported that the, I know they sent people last off season. I'm not. I it's been a busy last few months, but whatever. Let's assume that they have. I I hope so. Um, but that's again one of my concerns with Mitch is he keeps working with this guy Marcel Scott who. I, I don't know Marcel Scott from a hole in the wall, but it, it's it, it doesn't seem like he runs the most regimented offseason training program. And that's the guy mostly that Mitch works with. Um, and what is he doing with his time in terms of trying to improve? Yeah. I mean, do I think that they're out there working on ways for Mitch to be like Hardenstein light so they could, you know, functionally run like a different offense with the with the A unit and the B unit? I, I just I would be surprised if they tried to use Mitch in that way, but we'll see. I, I, it wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't mind. I don't think they need to use Mitch drastically different. I just want him to be able to facilitate not to a Hartenstein level, but just a little bit more. And here's the beauty of it. If you have Brunson, if you have RJ and it depends what they do at the two and at the four, but if you have more playmaking and situational awareness and you're using Mitch as someone to just finish and that's his responsibility, yeah. then you don't have to make his game that much more multidimensional than it is. Just no. Just improve on the margins, improve your strengths, Even and you should be good. And I do wonder what the pick and roll does look like. Again, I don't know how many more, how much better he'll be with Brunson there, but I would imagine it's it's small enough because the Knicks still ran a decent amount of pick and roll with Mitch, but maybe they do around the same amount, but just more efficiently because Brunson's better than Kemba or Burks running the pick and roll last year. And and even if this is simple as Mitch learned, like here's the here's you know what I would sign for. In terms of offensive improvement, Mitch making a kickout pass to a corner every now and then on a consistent basis when it's yeah. there, like something like that. It's a small thing, but yeah. anyway, uh, Jeremy, thank you for hopping on. Um, you're the man. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
Hey guys, quick break to tell you about Factor. Factor makes it easy to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves you time by delivering chef-crafted meals to your doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep. Not to mention cleanup, no dishes to wash here. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. And with 29 meal options each week, I'm never bored. Going off script for this next part to tell you just how convenient and delicious I've found Factor. My to-do list is usually never-ending, whether it's producing this show, hosting my own show final review, preparing a proposal in Long Beach, doing my taxes, or whatever else. I rarely have time for meal prep. When Factor sent me a box to test out, I chose the extra protein option. They sent me a week's worth of meals, and I had no idea just how convenient this was going to be. Each meal comes pre-prepared. You just put it in the microwave for two minutes, wait another two minutes for it to cool down, and boom, in four minutes, my meal is ready and it's delicious as well. Last night while I was editing this podcast, I heated up the pork shepherd's pie with white cheddar, Yukon mash, and roasted green beans. Not only was the prep time non-existent, but I was able to get a lunch break in and still get the podcast out for all of you to hear without taking a significant break. They have plenty of other meal options as well. There's vegan and veggie meals, keto, low-calorie options, cold-pressure juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, the one I chose, veggie sides, and more to keep you fueled and focused all day long. Don't hesitate. Head to go.factor75.com slash filmschool120 and use promo code filmschool120 and get $120 off. That's code filmschool120 at go.factor75.com slash filmschool120 for $120 off. Ian Bagley just tweeted out that extension. I I can't hear the little video, but um, I'm just reading his tweet. Uh, that extension negotiations between the Knicks and Mitchell Robinson were a bit rocky at times during the season, but he established himself as an imperative part of Tom Thibodeau's defense over the course of the year. Um, and yeah, um, that's that's a good thing. Um, I'm not surprised that they were rocky, which is, again, part of why I'm a little bit I'm still a little bit surprised at the number. Um, but we'll I, again, I want to see the details I want to see the details on the contract. That's all. Um, all right. Some super chats. Uh, Perry Eckhart. Thank you for your contribution. Appreciate it, man. Um, Anthony Sixto. How does the Hartenstein signing help out Mitch? We now have a backup with a night with nice offensive tools and provides a nice change of pace and contrast, as well as some competition to drive him. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the Hartenstein piece of this is interesting. And there will be people who will say, oh, look at that. The Knicks paid the a guy who's not as good as the backup that they just got four times as much money as the as the backup that they just signed. Because I think there is a again, it's not crazy to look at Hardenstein and say he, he is a better paper, better player on paper than Mitch. The difference is we've seen Mitch do it more for longer over the course of four years, not always consistently. But he definitely has a longer track record than Hardenstein. And I think Hardenstein, um, and, I, and there's also another part of it, which, which I haven't spoken about yet, but I will speak about before I get off of here, which is like, it's meaningful for this franchise to get a rookie back here on another deal. Um, and I don't want to ignore that. I, I like the change of pace aspect of it. Um, I don't know if Hardenstein is going to drive Mitch, but like, I could definitely see games where Hardenstein plays closer to 30 minutes and Mitch plays closer to 20. If like we talked about last night, he really has it going. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I'll say this. I'm comfortable with that as the center pairing. I'm a lot more comfortable with that as the center pairing than I was with Mitch and Noel. And that I probably would have been even with Mitch and Sims. Cause I don't, I don't know if Sims is ready for that kind of role. Maybe he will be in a few years. We'll see who knows. I just said a minute ago, I don't think this is a contract you signed to trade it. And at the same time, now I'm thinking to myself, well, if Sims keeps improving and Hardenstein, you know, shows that he's ready for more than just a backup role, um, 
maybe maybe that's your path to dealing Mitch for value. We'll see. Uh, James Lee, Hawks, three first round picks for DeJounte Murray. Durant asks for a trade. A little LOL, uh, LOL Hawks there for you. I like it. Um, man, I, I'm very happy the Knicks did not make that trade for DeJounte Murray, and I'm a big DeJounte Murray fan, but that is, that's your all in move. And, and, and the Hawks are getting criticized for making an all in move, and they're further ahead than the Knicks. They have, they have their star. Um, and, but they're not even there yet. If the Knicks made that deal, it just I, it would have been a gross miscalculation. Uh, Kevin Danishevsky. Kevin, we've talked a lot about Mitch. I'm curious to see what this is going to be. With Brunson, Mitch, Randall, and Barrett, the spacing seems off, you think? So it seems to me like a Randall trade is coming. I'm wondering if the Spurs are a fit. Ugh, goodness. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if if, if Randall gets traded. I've said it for a while now. I'll maintain that. I know the spacing seems off. That said, we saw this team win 10 more games than it lost a season ago. Um, for we, we saw this team go win 10 more games than it lost a season ago um, because or with some less than ideal spacing that Alfred Payton obviously couldn't shoot at all. Um, they had RJ hitting knockdown threes. They had Randall hitting threes at a very high rate. Um, and they had Mitch. Now RJ's still there. Brunson's there. He's a point guard who could shoot, even if he doesn't really want to shoot. If there's just regression back to the mean for Randall and he could just hit 36% from the corners. I think that would be a significant step up. I I, I don't, I don't know. Um, sorry. I'm just getting texts from Andrew saying his internet just went out. If it's not back in five minutes, I'm going to tell you to go live from your computer. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if he knows that we're still running. Am I still running live? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think, I think I am. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's keep it going until Andrew tells me to stop. Uh, busy, who were we bidding against? Why sixty? Uh, that is a great question. I don't think we were bidding against anyone. Um. Oh wait, I'm I, apparently hold on. I don't think we were bidding against anyone, but yeah, you never know. Apparently, I'm. This is great. Andrew's texting me and telling me to go live from my computer. So I think um, I'm no, I think. Come on, Andrew. What do what, what you? He's assuming that I'm not live right now, but I think I'm live. This is great podcasting, by the way, and great live streaming. I'm literally going on my phone and being like, am I am I live right now? Hold on, because I can't even see anything. Yep. No, I'm live. OK, great. Thank you. I had to go on my phone. Great. See, this is Andrew playing a trick on me, knowing that I am the least technologically sound person on the face of the earth. Thank you, Andrew. Anyway, that was a great moment in Nick's film school history right there. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to keep going with the Super Chats. We got a lot more to get to. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you, everybody, for bearing with our, our uh, technical difficulties. Um, okay, next up. Samir Soriano. I trust the Knicks front office ability to judge character. They have to believe that Mitch won't mishandle his payday. I think you have to trust the front office's ability to judge character if you're okay with this move. Um, I and I'm also thinking of like, look at the guys that they've drafted, their work ethic, what they've meant to the franchise since they've come in, um, building around Barrett. Uh, Brunson, obviously, all those things. They have to. They have to feel good about the fact that Mitchell Robinson can feel can continue to fit in with a bunch of guys who want to come in and work their asses off. That's a great point. Really good point there. Um, Anthony Strano, congrats on five hundred, fellows. Who gets dealt first, Fournier, Rose, or Cam? One's got to go to make the rotation work. It's not going to be Rose. 
Or at the very least, I would be shocked if it was Rose. Say that. If I was betting on Fournier or Cam right now, here's the thing. If it's, I'm going to, I'll say Cam. Why do I say Cam? A couple of reasons. One, as of right now, we have no indication that Brunson is a sign and trade. Maybe news comes out that it is and the whatever, it just, the teams were still working on it and that's why it wasn't announced as such. I am going on the assumption at this point that it was not a sign and trade. And the scenario that Jeremy spoke about a few minutes ago is not what unfolded. And instead, um, Evan Fournier is still on this team. If Evan Fournier is still on this team, he's still making $18 million next year. There's just, there's not a lot of homes for him that makes sense unless you're just trading him for another player, salary for salary. And I, I don't see the Knicks doing that because then you're talking about a whole value proposition. And I don't think they want to tr- sell low on him. The Mavs sign and trade angle of it was was unique because beggars can't be choosers. And I would have thought that they'd be desperate enough to be like, yeah, you know, we'll take Fournier instead of nothing. So for all those reasons, I think Cam is the one who gets dealt. I don't think I don't think Tibbs loves him. I don't think he has a spot in the rotation. And uh, his his number, his salary number um, is low enough that it's easy to move. Okay. Kevin Danishevsky also with three centers here. Is Ty's definitely back? That's a good question. I mean, they carried, I mean, I know Sims was on a two way, but they carried Taj last year along with Noel and Mitch. So but maybe not the best roster expenditure just from a roster. I mean, because you only get what? Yeah, 13 spots on the active roster every night. Now, obviously, Taj doesn't have to be on the active roster. If they keep Sims on a two-way, we still don't know, but he's probably going to be converted. I don't know. Maybe he's not definitely back. We'll see. Matt Smith. Macri, any rumblings on the Donovan Mitchell front? Also, sorry if I missed this yesterday, but what do we think about starting three lefties? If Mitch is ever hurt and they start Hartenstein, that's four lefties. Seems suboptimal. I don't care about the lefty thing. Um, And just to finish my point from before about before I got confused about whether I was actually still live streaming or not. Um, they have gotten around crappy spacing before. So I think they could still probably get, they could get around like having three lefties. Um, as far as the Donovan Mitchell, no, there's no, there's no Donovan Mitchell rumblings. I don't expect there to be any Donovan Mitchell rumblings. I don't think it's going to, I don't think he's going to get traded this off season. I am curious what Utah does though. Um, Fern Rodriguez, with the Mitch move now done, if the Knicks have one more move left during free agency, either trade or signing, what do you think it will be? Not sure it's significant, but significant. I mean, look, any move they make is significant. Uh, It's Look, they have, if if everything has gone according to the way it's been reported, they have their room mid-level exception left to spend, which is like 5.2 or 5.4, I think, million dollars. At this point, I'd be shocked if they like they're not. It's just look at how their team is set up. Unless there are other moves happening, which I I don't see. Like I don't see a Randall trade coming. The player you're signing to that exception is probably not someone you're counting on being in the rotation. So I I, I don't I don't know. I maybe they just give Taj the room, you know. And I I but I I also. I don't know. Something still doesn't pass the smell test for me. And that's what Jeremy and I were, were talking about last night. And I'll, I'll maintain that um, today. Jessica, what's going on, Jessica? Good morning, guys. Jeremy, now that Mitch has signed, what's... Hey, here we go. So I think Andrew's kind of back. Um, uh, now that Mitch has signed, what's more likely? We hear about RJ's extension first or we hear about another trade, Evan or Randall? If you're asking me what happens first, RJ extension, Evan trade, or Randall trade, I will bet RJ extension because I think RJ's extension gets done before the year starts. And I think that Randall, if he gets traded, will get traded after the season starts. So RJ extension, then I would bank on a Randall trade at some point, although I don't know when. Um, Jake Selig. Could the Mitch contract have an option plus incentives? Absolutely. We don't know for sure, but it's possible. I would hope it has an option on the last year. SP Gorilla, thank you so much for the contribution, SP. I could see many nights where Isaiah plays better than Mitch. Yeah, we were talking about this before, especially with his offensive ability. What happens then? 
Isaiah is an above average defender with better offense than Mitch. Houston, do we have a problem? <laughs> Thank you for the generous contribution, SB. Um, I mean, it's a good problem to have unless Mitch is just like bad. Like if Mitch plays to a level that's like five to 10% better than he did last year. And Harnstein, it just comes in and like blows you away. It's great. It's a great problem to have. I'm not worried about it. I think like, I don't know who the first person was to say this, but God knows many people have said it before. Sometimes guys are backups for a reason. Um, you know, sometimes guys are just like their role is best suited as 15 to 20 minutes off the bench playing against backups. We've seen it with the Knicks where guys like have been great backups and then they come in and it it's not always, it doesn't always translate to the same level of production as a starter. I think if anything, this organization has shown us that like if someone excels as a backup role, they are not going to then turn around and be like, Ooh, Hey, here's a starting role. It's not how they operate. Aaron Vasquez, when you got when you say you want to get rid of Mitch's non-impact games, what impact qualities would you add? Not just get better at what he's good at. I I'm, I'll be very clear about this. I felt like there were too many games last year where Mitch would have games where he just wasn't a presence. I know that's that is not a <laughs> it's not high level basketball analysis, but like. You would watch him on some nights. And I feel like there were five or six, maybe more nights like this last year where you'd watch him and you'd say, oh, that's the most impactful player on the floor. Like I, I would have to go back and see what my end of the year um, uh, newsletter stars standings were. But I'm fairly certain Mitch finished pretty high up in there. And I know for a fact there were a lot of games where I gave him the three star player award. But the problem was there were a lot of games where I gave him the three-star player award where he was, I thought, the most impactful Nick. And then there were a lot of games where I did not think about giving him any of the those designations at all because he was just kind of out there and, you know, not fully engaged. I don't, I don't know how else to put it other than that. I just want to see him be engaged. Maybe not every minute he's on the floor, but like, you know. 90% of those minutes or 95% of those minutes. I don't feel like we're there yet. Um, continuing along, James Lee, because Macri mentions Mitch's kickout pass. Jericho Sims does some occasional and also impressive kickout passes. I wonder anybody saw this too. Yeah, Sims is a, and I mentioned this in the newsletter too. Tibbs said at the end of last year, I think he was like unprompted when he was talking about the young players on the team. He, I don't know where he was like, yeah, and I think we're going to get more playmaking from Sims next year. Like that was the thing he chose to point out that he thinks Sims has more upside with. So like it, that's why I say it wouldn't be crazy to me if Mitchell Robinson was like part of a trade at some point in the next couple of years, even though I don't think this is a contract that they signed to trade it. Um, you know, and, and let me take this as a good opportunity to speak on something that I've been wanting to talk about. And I haven't gotten a, time yet it matters that a guy that this team drafted is now playing for another contract for this team um whether he's here for a year or a year and a half or two more years and i i know i think i've made this point before but i'll make it again when i was you know doing my top 75 knicks of all time list for the newsletter this year it's just, it's amazing how rare it is that guys came here and, and guys produced here and they stuck around for more than four or five years. It's just, just not a lot of guys. This century, you have Carmelo Anthony as a guy who was here for seven years. And then you have to, and I'm talking about the last 20 years. And then you have to go through like, okay, Jamal Crawford was here, I think, for five years. Was Marbury here? I think Marbury was here for five years. Um, like Lance Thomas was here, I think, for five years. Uh, Jared Jeffries in total, I think, was here for like five or six years. It's just not a long list. You have to, and then you have to go back to the '90s where you got obviously Oakley and Ewing and and some of those guys. But even like legends, like Anthony Mason, was not here for all that long. 
Um, so to have a guy back and he's a guy who people wanted back and we wanted back and I think he wanted to be back. That means something for this franchise more so than almost any other franchise in the league. Um, Mike Sharp. Um, been loving all the free agency content chance. Keep up the great work. Shout out to Theo getting money from Dallas. Yeah. Guaranteed NBA contract, baby. Get your money, Theo. You deserve it. Thank you for the contribution, Mike. Nick Simone. What's going on? How do the Knicks manage the fact that Obi Mitch and Jules Hart are better tandems unless Randall is moved? Randall or Mitch off the bench seems unlikely. Yeah, they're neither. That's not happening. Um, this is a Tibbs question. This is a show me what's up, Tibbs, because again, it's been referenced before. The the assist stats in terms of how many times Julius Randle passed to Mitchell Robinson last year. And again, we're talking about Julius Randle, a guy who averaged five assists a game this year. He averaged six assists a game the year before that. He could pass it. We know he could pass it. Never passing it to Mitchell Robinson. Is that a personal thing? I don't know. But those two did not make beautiful music this season. I think there's a, that's a, I think that's another reason why Nerlens Noel was back. By the way, I think Julius liked playing with Noel more than he did with Mitch. Um, what does Tibbs do? Does he do more staggering? Does he get more creative? Does he pull Mitch early and put Hartenstein in, and then play Julius for a longer stint? Does he and like how about this? We're sitting here talking about Hardenstein and Mitch as the center options. And like, how many minutes is Hardenstein going to play? He's a really good backup, this and that. Andrew, I can't see you because your computer crashed, but I know you hear me. Motherfucker, you're going to be right again. Because where are the OB at center minutes? Where are they? They're the same place that your internet went a few, a few minutes ago. Tell me about it. That's where they are. Yes. We have one um, more super chat, by the way. So we're almost done. I had to I had to say that. Um Fred Katz came on the pod last week and said in for his bold prediction, shout out hashtag Obi Avengers. <laughs> that one way or another, Obi Toppin was gonna play twenty five minutes a game this year. I don't know if it's gonna be twenty five, especially with the Hardenstein signing, but he needs to play more. And I would, I'll say 20. He needs to play 20 a game. That leaves 28 for Randall. Um, can Tibbs get creative in terms of who's playing with who? We'll see. Hush Zoo. What's going on, Hush? Thanks again for last night, again for tonight, today. Um, oh my God, it's still morning. It's not even afternoon yet. <laughs> it's not afternoon yet. Wasn't there people on the front office that were big fans of Cam during the 2019 draft and even willing to trade down for him? I don't get why not give him a shot. That's a very fair comment. And for where the Knicks are at as a team right now, where they are not contending for anything, they're not contending for a championship. They're not contending for home court in the playoffs. They are, they are contending for a play in berth. If you are that team and you have a player like Cam Reddish, who's super talented on your squad, you should give him a chance. Objectively speaking, you should give him a chance before you give it. Now, who are the vets? Who 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 do you want to give him a chance over? That's the thing, right? Is like, right? You know, it has to be Fournier, right? You, it's basically you're saying trade Fournier, and if they do, I will be, I will co-sign for that a thousand percent. If that means it gives Cam a shot, I would just be surprised if it happened, because that would mean living with the bumps and and and. Because he's he's not he has not yet shown the ability to be a contributor to winning basketball. Um, all due respect to the flashes that we saw, and boy, the flashes were enticing last year because they don't have anybody on the roster that does what he does. Couple things. First of all, is my mic selected? Yeah, it is. Good. Okay. Awesome. So I'm, I'm all the way back. Um, in response to the Cam thing, um, him playing over Fournier would also somewhat affect the quickly minutes because I think quickly is going to be your backup too. As of right now, I think we've all kind of factored in that since Brunson and Rose are going to be here, barring injury, 
quickly as your backup to first man off the bench, whatever his his role is going to be. Um, so on those nights when Fournier is two for eleven in the third quarter and quickly will play the rest of the game, um, you know, uh, quick. Uh, that's where Cam would still not find minutes. Um, I agree with you, though. They need to find a way to, if he's going to be on the roster, he can't just be the 11th man. Cam Reddish can't just, can't just, you know, rot again out of the rotation. And like, it's easy to say, well, if you're going to keep Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose is going to miss a bunch of games. So then quickly slides over to the backup point guard and whatnot. I, you know what I don't want to see? I don't want to, I don't want to have a, fucking Tom Thibodeau press conference week one and hear the word situational used with Cam yeah. That is not where this, this cannot go there with, with that's that, that either shit or get off the pot, either trade him or he's in the rotation, you know, because, and like, by the way, if Rose does miss games, I think that's a, I think that's actually, here's, here's who you can do that with. You can do that with Duke Sweet Bride. Mm-hmm. If Rose misses 15 or 20 or 25 games this year, great. There's your deuce minutes. That's what deuce is ready for right now. Cam, he is either here or he's not here, like fully. So it's it's not like, oh, Rose is out tonight, so we'll slide quickly over to the one, and then there's where Cam gets his minute. No. I, I No. Yeah. Um, all the projections, again, this is a, the sample size of like the comments and the, the, the Twitter users that have said that um, – Cam is projected to be a starter potentially. I just yes. I don't think I don't think the Knicks view him as that. And I think we talked about this uh, a few hours ago on our live stream. Um, the <laughs> the Quentin Grimes of it all. I yeah. actually think they'd go to him as a starter before that, and then Cam could be your your backup three. I actually think that there's a role for him there where it's just your job is instant offense against backups off the bench. I don't I don't hate I, that. If I, if he excels in that, awesome. You know. But that's what they should be doing. Yeah, I agree. Sh- Evan, F- like, Evan Fournier is good. He's a lot better than he gets credit for. There's no reason he's on this team right now. And quite frankly, there's no reason Julius Randle's on this team either. Um, well, that's the other part. As far as me being right about um, no Rand- no uh, OB at the five or Randle yeah. at the five or them playing together minutes, this is just another reminder that they're eventually going to have to choose between the two and hopefully they choose correctly. Uh, in the not too distant future, we um, know what they want to choose. It's a matter right. of uh, how they can choose it, and when do when does the choice come down? I just I don't see where will they coexist. And if there's twenty three Fred Katz Obi minutes, you know, then I, I don't see how Randall. I don't see how Randall is here for that, and it's like functional. You know what I'm saying? So um, that'd be yeah. my thought. Also, just. Producer comments, 900 people watching here on a Friday morning. Oh, um, anyone anyone watching that's not subscribed, uh, subscribed. Our march to 10,000 continues. Please. We're like you, 350 shy. <laughs> you've turned you've turned this into a quest for me, too. Yes. Um, good, okay. Good. You could hear my daughter in the background who I need to up. go take care of. Um, this has been great. Um, thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you, everybody, for the contributions. Thank you, everybody, for uh, your comments in the regular chat. Um we will, if anything else happens, we'll go live again um, because I am, I am not doing anything this week <laughs> and then I will just leave it at that. Uh, enjoy your barbecues, everybody. Yes. Right. Andrew, yes. anything else? I forget. Um, well, I'll just add that uh, if you missed our live stream last night, all six hours, they're still kind of relevant. There's some whether or not to it. Oh, Mitch, what, what's up? Okay. Well, real, real brief. Zach Levine, five wow. year, two hundred fifteen dollar, two hundred fifteen million dollar max contract to return to the Chicago Bulls with a player option in year five. Ooh, so that was the that was the last shoe. Mm-hmm. That was the last big fish out there that could have potentially taken up someone's big big time cap space. No one ever thought that he was going anywhere. Um, this summer is yet more proof. Free agency does not exist anymore. Free agency is dead. There was uh-huh. never any appreciable moment where either Bradley Beal or Zach Levine or James Harden or Kyrie Irving, I guess, <laughs> were conceivably going to go and just sign with another team. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, I wanted to just get no. That. That's breaking news. Um, I know a lot of people were were uh, interested in that. Um, I, I was I was I, waiting on it. 
I was curious. I, yeah. I mean, we're, here we are sitting about uh, sitting here talking about Grimes or Cam or Fournier starting. <laughs> yet maybe there was a Zach Levine plan in there somewhere. Um, I'll just add that for those of you that missed our live stream last night, it is available to rewatch in full. I am four and a half hours in on timestamps uh, and all six parts are available on the KFS podcast feed if you prefer to listen that way um i will when i get off of this i'm gonna go finish the timestamps for that and then get this also on the podcast feed and just another thank you to everybody for 500 episodes of kfs uh if i could ask you to push us over the top a little bit more as john mentioned we're like 350 shy of 10,000 subscribers on youtube um so yeah we're almost there um yeah that's it also, we now have moderators in our chats that help us hide all the spam and stuff. Thank oh, you great. to the moderators of this video. We appreciate it. Okay, Thank I'm officially guys. done. Sign off, John. All right, everybody, enjoy your holiday weekend. We'll uh, be back maybe to talk to you soon at some point. But uh, if not, enjoy everything, and we'll talk to you. Later.